Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. I'm having a hard time thinking of a discrepancy in talent between Texas and Oklahoma where Texas had such an obvious edge at the top. I've said that if Oklahoma beats Texas this year, it would be the worst Texas loss to Oklahoma given the expectations for this season. That's just a game they can't lose. Who was that? There you go. There he is. Oh, Teddy, that's the guy that... Who the Farouk is that? I've never even heard of these guys OU has at wide receiver. Farouk? Uh, the only reason I know Nick Anderson is because he spells his first name N-I-C. Basically saying a few weeks ago they had a bunch of no-name guys at wide receiver. and <laughs> Well, one was standing in the back of the end zone with the football with 15 seconds left. Sorry about you there, Jeff Ketchum. Big yikes. Yeah. Yeah. It's so it's it's fascinating. It's receipt day, baby. I got them all. Yeah, it's fascinating though that I don't think anyone had seen Oklahoma play at all, and I I, I understand that for most most people that are covering a program, and then you you watch that. Your program, you watch the team you cover, and then everything else you just kind of you watch it, but you skim to a certain degree, and you watch the big games. Like we haven't we haven't really had a big game worthy of everyone's attention. So I get it to some degree, but it's kind of shocking how people that I, cover the sport don't actually watch the sport as much as they should. Yeah. Well, that the that oh. Oklahoma at up to that point, they had a top five offense and a top five defense. I mean, that's rare and just got no credit whatsoever. But doesn't matter. You no, know? it makes it makes Saturday just, just sweet, man. I it was a really dangerous spot for Texas with everyone just saying they are by far and away the better team. No way they should lose this game. OU's gonna have to play over their heads their best game of the year win that game dangerous spot for texas and boy OU came out like they've heard it for an entire year and heard that they had no chance in that game and that's why when OU's ranked outside the top five in one poll and we're about to get to what one voter did yesterday jim and arlington i I see you man we're we're about to get to that like i i know some fans wanted to see OU at two or three like one those polls don't matter at all the college football playoff poll is all that matters Two, if you went out, you're going to be where you want to be at the end of the year. But three, like, that's fine. Like, I have no issue of OU winning a game like that and still maybe being a little bit undervalued. That's where just this particular team, I think, thrives. It's a good right. spot for them. Nope, that's definitely true. There, There's a lot of truth to what you're saying there. Um, yeah, I, they're going to start to get the attention that, that they deserve. Um, you know, I, it's – it's going to be interesting to see kind of how things shake out because what they're number five in the AP seven in the coaches, um, Florida state ahead of you. They're undefeated Penn state, Washington, Oregon, all of those teams 
right there behind you. Um, USC, I guess you can throw them in. Alabama at 5-1 and one is starting to look like they're a little bit more legit. So going to be the, the, the race to see how all of this kind of filters out is going to be interesting because like Penn State and Ohio State and Michigan, that's going to be – that's going to be cool to see that, and then all of the Pac-12 teams that all play each other. It's going to be cool to see that. So, um, Okay, so why don't you uh, justify this, because the AP poll came out yesterday, and there was one voter that still had Texas ranked in front of OU. And her reasoning, her name is Emily Liker. I don't know if that's how you pronounce the last name. But uh, an OU fan says, any logic behind ranking Texas two spots ahead of Oklahoma? She said, appreciate you asking. These teams have five other games on their resumes. From watching and looking back at stats, I didn't feel like OU outplayed Texas to the point of leaping it in the rankings. Win by greater than three, and I likely would have. Final drive was good. Moved OU up four and Texas down three. Um, OU did win by more than three points, so I don't... I that Okay. (laughs) <laughs> I guess the head to head again. The AP poll doesn't matter, but right. for the people that do vote in the AP poll, can we at least get it right and it not be embarrassing? Yeah, jeez. Yeah, I, I'm. You know what? I'm honestly, I thought that there was going to be way more than just one person do that. Well, they did win at Alabama. You got to take the entire resume into account here, right? Um, and I mean. I get the logic. I wouldn't agree with it in this instance, but because I, I, for people that haven't watched much Oklahoma and don't feel they're worthy of much respect, I could understand that take. Um, you know, if if Oklahoma were a little bit further back and and Texas was where they were, then I could I could maybe see some people's logic. Because they're so like tied in, like to a lot of people, the AP top twenty-five is like this gospel. If if this is how the rankings are, like that's how that's how the breakdown goes. Georgia's the best team, and then everyone behind them. It's just you know, that's the order in which team how good teams are. So, I guess I understand the mindset. I totally disagree with it, but. I guess I at least understand what logic they're going for. Yeah, i got to be honest, man. This early in the season, a team beats another team head-to-head, and you don't rank them in front when the other one's undefeated. You, like, you know, right. like, if both teams had two losses or something, then maybe, but right. why, why, why do we play the games if the head-to-head matchup doesn't work? But to be an AP voter and say, well, I would have ranked OU higher if they would have won by more than three points. Hey, they won by four. What are you talking about? Did you watch the game? Did you check the score? <laughs> If they would have won by more than three, are you a Missouri grad or, or what? What's going on? Yeah, Man. That, where, so where was the writer from? Uh, text line saying, here's one for the 405. She was a Mizzou fan, probably trying to keep Williams Winery, uh, which Cherokee Sooner said. From what I've been able to dig up, she's got ties to Missouri. So if yeah. that's all the well, – meth, meth is a hell of a drug for Missouri fans. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, there's a bunch of bad takes out there in the AP. That's not the only one. Um, it's true. And 
she, what she did was not great, but it wasn't as bad as what Mario Cristobal did oh. on Saturday night with an undefeated uh, Miami team. You know, these buyouts are so crazy in these coaches' contracts. There needs to be a more university-friendly side of things, and they can fire you at any point for being a complete moron with in-game management. Hey, I know a lot of coaches would lose their jobs if that clause was in the contract, but it needs to exist. I, if that ain't firing for cause, I don't know what is. I mean, uh, there's there's one thing about doing the best you can for the university and not being able to get the right recruits and coming up against some serious headwinds and maybe you, some other teams in the conference had some had some big big time things happen within their program, but to willingly and knowingly put a game at risk like that for no reason, that's... It's awful. Well, I mean, what are, you, what, what are you trying to accomplish, man? I don't know. I, I know you weren't beating Georgia Tech by, by much, but you try to get another touchdown to get it to, what, a 10-point lead or whatever it would have been after that? Yeah. Just, I don't know bad. what they're doing. I don't know what they're doing, mm-hmm. and... You know, it's real easy to say, yeah, it's a, it's dumb, but you got to know as a running back, you got to hang on to the football right there. Well, you have to take that out of your players' hands as a coach, right? You have to do everything you can to to help those guys minimize mistakes. And like the first way to start is by not running a play whenever you don't have to run a play, yep. or you know, just taking a knee whenever you can take a knee and win the football game. Sarks Vodka says, guess what? Media members don't play on Saturday. Just keep talking on the grass, and they can't keep us out of the top four. Booma! And then yeah. Sean says, she didn't watch the game. She just looked at the box score, which is even worse. You look at the box score, and you didn't see that they won by more than three? She probably what? saw the highlight of the touchdown throw and saw that it flipped the score to, what, 33-30? And didn't put two and two together with the uh, with the extra point or something. Yikes. I don't know. Ugh, boy, I don't know. Um, man, we really haven't spent enough time on the best defensive moment in maybe twenty years. No the goal line stand. Yeah. And as I, you know, said there to Bob, like the to be able to do that physically is impressive. But after giving up a big play down to the one, like that was um, that was special. What they did had guys. You know, coming in off the bench and making a couple of plays. Yep. Kip Lewis. I mean, just that's a moment we're going to be talking about for a long time, dude. Long time. Incredible. What was that like in the stands as that was going off? You know, that was at the opposite end of the field, but still. even Oh, oh okay. So here's what. I'm not a super superstitious guy watching games, but we were sitting in like the corner of the, of the end zone, obviously on the OU side. Wasn't the greatest sight line, okay? Yeah. So, I normally am against at any point watching a game via the Jumbotron. But for whatever reason, on that first down play, I watched it via the Jumbotron. And it's in the fourth quarter, and I said, okay, I'm going to watch this next play on the Jumbotron. Second down stop. Same thing on third down. And I thought about just <laughs> saying, all right, fourth down. Let me let, actually watch a play on the field. It's like, no, you idiot. I, I know you're not superstitious here, but watch that fourth down play on the Jumbotron. I saw it immediately. He was short. There, there was never a guess on our side of the stadium if he scored or not. I feel like everyone knew in that moment, nope, he didn't yep. get in. Didn't do it. Yep. Boy, it was close, but what an awesome play by Billy Bowman. Okay, and let me say this about Bowman. 
the interception down where Ewers was trying to go to Jatavian Sanders, and Bowman comes and absolutely annihilates him, separates him from the football. And uh, was it Dolby picked it off, right? Yep, yep, yep. Uh, an incredible play, great awareness by Bowman, great aggression. But here's the thing. Think about this. If he goes in out of control, leads with his helmet, and makes contact to the helmet on that play, it's a first first and goal. Possibly he's ejected from the football game. So to make it a point to lead with the shoulder and go to the chest and not give a chance for them to throw a flag on you and eject you, like that's a huge that's a huge play in the football game, obviously because of the result, but to not get tossed. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Can you imagine how different that football game is if Billy Bowman's not in there? Which uh, a part of me is convinced if they're playing Cincinnati or Baylor or Kansas State or OSU, he does get tossed in that well, spot. Well, they at least the Big refs, Yeah, they tried to. but and, and that's the thing that even though I roll my eyes at it and say, all right, let's give OU the edge if they play again, it is a little bit annoying that there's – because I feel like some are trying to take away OU's defensive performance on Saturday. It's, well, Texas wouldn't turn the ball over three times again. They act like Quinn Ewers threw it and it accidentally hit off the center's helmet and popped right up in the air. There was nothing fluky about any of OU's takeaways on Saturday. They earned every single one of them. It's a stupid comment. It is a stupid comment. I don't know why anyone would say that they won't turn it over three times again. They might turn it over five. Hell, they might turn it over seven. We don't know. Why all of a sudden would you assume that they're not going to turn it over? I, I'm sure those folks assumed coming into the game that they weren't going to turn it over three times in that game, right? It's a dumb statement. It is. 405, second play of the game set the tone for the whole game. Defense was very special. That's right. I said earlier that uh, Gentry jumped the route, and a texter corrected me and said, no, Gentry ran the route. Yeah. And I'm, I'm fine with that. Yep. Yep. No, that was that was great. Defense is defense is coming around, man. Now I'll tell you, there's still there's still plenty of mistakes out there. We had two missed tackles um, th- by safeties, and you know it's a tough spot. But you got Pearson missed one, and Key Lawrence missed one. They turned into to pretty big gains. Um, Desan McCullough had a mistake on one. Uh, I think Stutzman fit the wrong gap, turned into an explosive run. You know, but for the most part, we kept a lid on everything they did. They ran some nice comeback routes. Um, you know, their what was most dangerous for them was the RPO stuff. And then, you know, on the fourth and one, they hit the pop pass. Was that for a touchdown? Well, on the OU end, it was, yes. That yeah. was that kid's first ever, uh, his first career touchdown. Yeah. I mean, it's fourth and one. You're kind of in sellout mode, and they hit you on a pop pass. Which, you know, there's a lot of people talking about, well, Quinn Ewers and all his yards and everything. I'll say the exact same thing I said last week about Quinn Ewers. He manages and operates that offense fine. And you could even say he operates it really well. But outside of the things that are designed you don't get anything. No, I didn't see any spectacular. I mean, he, he, he gets the plays that are there, the plays that are yeah. open, right? 
But in terms of just some incredible spectacular throw with tight coverage, I, I, I didn't I didn't see that man. He does good, he does good on the RPO, but they hit the tight end pop pass a couple of times for big chunk yardage. Um, that one was the long touchdown, which was his only touchdown pass of the game, uh, by the way, and it came on a fourth and one, like. It's not a trick play, but it's like a gotcha. It's a gotcha play. It's not a drop back pass and thread the needle on something. You're throwing to a wide open tight end on a pop pass. Which I, I, I don't know. I'm sure there's an illegal man downfield. I don't know why this is bothering me, too, but it's, you know, oh, you held the Texas offense to 30 points. That's impressive. Well, they held them to 23 points, is what they did. Yep, they sure they, did. They, they, they held them to, to 23, so let's get that right. And remember when some were worried about OU's pa- uh, pass rush? Yeah. Worried about the pass rush now? Pass rush what, pretty good. What, they five sacks on him? Five sacks. Ethan Downs played the game of his uh, career on Saturday. God, he was good. He was great. He was great. We got good We got good defensive and edge play out of a bunch of guys. I thought, I thought Deshaun Terry played his best game. I thought Coe. Had some really nice moments. I thought uh, Jacob Lacey had some really nice moments on hey, the interior. Hey, dude, that, that, I'm telling you, that, that sack that he had in the fourth quarter, Huge. May have, well, it may have saved the game, man, because if Texas stays in front of the sticks, Sark might play that one down all the way to three seconds and kick yeah. the game-winning field goal with no time. But yep. he gets a sack on a first-down play. Texas gets behind the sticks. They don't pick up the first down. They kick the field goal with 115 left instead of three seconds left. OU gets it, and we'll tell you uh, coming up next segment what happened in the final minute and 15 seconds of that game. Yeah. All right. Uh, Quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Keep hitting the text on 651-3439. We'll be back. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Wagner's Heating and Air Conditioning, expert technicians, plus industry-leading Linux equipment. They're perfect together. Learn more about special savings on Linux products by calling Wagner's Heating and Air, 405-329-2076. Or milestone birthday. It would be our honor to choose a diamond for a necklace or ring or perfectly matched set of diamond earrings while we're in the diamond rooms of Antwerp, Belgium. Order yours before October 24th, and you could be our 70th Antwerp Diamond winner. Mitchell Story in the heart of Norman at 2201 West Main Street. Wow, that was a roller coaster right there, man. That was tough, man. Left him too much time on the clock at the end, didn't we? Hell of a game, man. Hats off to OU. Team came out on the front foot. Great emotional football they played. Well played, Sooners. See you next year. Till then, mean times and all times. Hook them. Monday on the rush, Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. There's uh, Matthew McConaughey. Sounded like he had a few left-handed cigars there. Uh, he said, see you next year, so I guess he doesn't think OU and Texas are rematching in December. Is that what we should take away from that? Well, maybe. I guess he's just uh, saying the Cotton Bowl, but I don't know. Um, it's interesting, you know. Texas, whenever you look at their schedule, um, it's Kansas State after getting whipped by Oklahoma State on Friday night. That's 
that's not going to tell the true story on what they're going to look like. They're going to be they're going to be really difficult to beat. Um, but I, the rest of their schedule is you're at Houston, BYU, Kansas State, at TCU, at Iowa State, and Texas Tech. I mean, I I personally feel like other than the Kansas State, like we'll see how they respond. But other than Kansas State, don't you feel like they're pretty much head and shoulders better than all the rest of those well i mean maybe not tcu but if not texas then who like west virginia because they have a favorable schedule down the rest of the way uh they're really like no 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 i'm saying yeah texas is more like it would be hard for them not to be there right right yeah but what i'm saying is i'd be very surprised if it's not ou in texas again because if not texas who's it going to be again like what, what are the options west virginia I mean, they still got to come to OU. I know they are got a favorable schedule the rest of the way, but they're only like a two, two-and-a-half-point favorite at Houston on Thursday night. So right. I'm just not convinced, even with an easy path, that West Virginia is going to take care of business. But, yeah, we'll see. Um, it is time for our Under the Radar player, brought to you by Boy Street Ventures. Just another chance for me to shout out James Spann, that he said on Friday that Dylan Gabriel would be the Under the Radar player. He was that and then mm-hmm. some. Uh, but Boy Street Ventures is a venture capital firm that provides funding and guidance for promising under-the-radar Sooner startups. Learn how you can help support OU Innovation at BoyStreetVentures.com. Text line, you know the drill. Send in your under-the-radar or even under-the-radar moments in this game. Submissions on the text line, 405-651-3439. Um, a lot of different ways that you can go here, but Austin Stogner having three catches was under-the-radar. I'm going to say Jalil Farouk having the game that he did. Not only the five catches, 130 yeah. yards, but they used him in some direct snap stuff that I like quite a bit. Yeah. I'll go with Farouk for under the radar player. He was fantastic. Yep, I think that's a I think that's a good one to go with. Um, I might go with Bowman. Yeah, I mean, he was he was incredible. There's not the a fourth, bad pick in, in any no. of these, I'm sure. The fourth down stop, the huge hit. Uh, a bunch of open field tackles, um, just just played really really good football. And I think you could go with uh, any of the guys from the interior defensive line. Jonah Laulu on on one of uh, Ethan Downs' sacks was screenplay, and Laulu reads it. He gets turned free, stops, turns, finds the running back, and Quinn Ewers can't throw it to the running back and has to. He pulls it down for an instant, and that's whenever Ethan Downs. Made that play. Um, Drake Stoops. Uh, Tali with a couple of touchdowns and some real physical running. I mean, you, you go with all kinds of different guys. Um, under the radar moments, DG made a lot of great plays on Saturday, but he really saved OU's you-know-whats uh, at one point early in the game when there's a bad snap and he has to chase it all the way down and just throw it away. So Texas doesn't get it right around the goal line mm-hmm. or they're not punting it from the end zone again after it had just gotten blocked a couple of series before. Yeah. Yeah, that's that was And then the next play maybe the play of the game. And then the next play they get the roughing the punter running into the yep. kicker penalty and they end up getting a field goal on that drive. So that was big. Yep. Yep, very big. I mean, there was everything mattered in the game, right? That's why it was so so huge, which okay, I wanted to ask you about this. Because I never saw a replay of it. You can't see it on film. What 
what did Trace Ford do to get that penalty? I, you know what? We've gotten so many texts about that today, and he must. I think that there were some things said on the field. I'm I'm pretty positive Ethan Downs said something to Quinn Ewers when he was standing over him at one point that did not get a flag. He he had to have said something. I, I don't I I don't know, man. But like my point was bringing up Ethan Downs that. It feels like they lot of, let a lot of things slide without throwing flags on Saturday. So, did he get warned before? Did he say something so bad that it deserved 15 yards? I, I, I don't know. I was confused by that, too. Well, I wasn't just confused by it. You're mad okay? about it? Dude. Yeah. It was, it was about to be third and five. You got a chance to get off the field and... Why that keeps the drive alive? I mean, I I was furious yeah. about it. Um, yeah, that, that was. I don't know what happened on that play exactly, but Kevin says my under the radar moment was the ref who stiff armed Trace Ford and knocked him down, then flagged Ford for 15 yards to extend that drive, which led to a Texas touchdown. So maybe that was it. Contact with the official that. In the middle of a play, right? Well, no, he he was doing something to the the running back was on the ground, and he was standing over him, and he was he was doing something. I don't know what it was, but he was doing something enough to draw the penalty. Don't know what it was. But, Interesting. I don't know. Oki Tom says Ford kicked the Texas guy. I don't know if anyone saw that or not. Uh, well, he did something. Yeah, he, I mean, it, it, he kicked him, stepped on him. He did something enough to where the official tossed the flag. Let me get to, to some submissions here on the text line. OU Tino says, under the radar moment, Jacob Lacey sack against Texas on the last drive. They had to settle for a field goal. Great minds think alike. I me- yeah, I mentioned that earlier. If he doesn't get that sack, uh, Texas, or excuse me, OU probably doesn't get the ball back with the chance to score. Yeah. Uh, four seven nine. Under the radar play, first drive of the second half. Yeah, oh my gosh. 13 plays, 75 yards, right down the field on them. Excellent execution. That was the drive of the season. It's a big boy drive. And it felt like, you know, because we got the um, the field goal at the end of half, right, which was really nice, which, oh, that was frustrating. We should have had, had a touchdown, man. Should have had a touchdown. Um, but got the field goal there. Remember, we, we had, v, BV was talking about the uh, the middle eight, right? The last four minutes of the half, and then the first four minutes of the second half. And you come out, you get the ball, you go right down the field. Thirteen plays, awesome drive to to go up twenty seven seventeen. That's whenever it felt like. And then you got the fumble, right? Quinn Ewers fumbles, so you got the ball what around midfield. With the 27-17 lead, that's whenever it felt like we were about to blow things open. I wrote kill shot in my notes. Yep. Here's your chance. And they didn't and take advantage, but, you know. We had the uh, the three and out, which was uh, which was tough. But Be- pinned them deep. Yeah. It was good. Beach bum sooner under the radar is the double block. Uh, I, the, the most famous blocks by an offensive lineman in OU history, I don't know if any immediately come to mind for anyone out there, but – might that be what immediately comes to mind here moving forward? Famous offensive so. lineman plays. I mean, incredible. I, I think so. 
Um, and if, if, you, if you get sacked there, you got no timeouts. You can't stop the clock. And if you get sacked there, you're, I think you're settling for a field goal at that point. Yep. You're going OT. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Pretty wild. Um, you know, and the the situation, You are you surprised with how Sark handled their final drive? Well, and they, he, you know, they ran it on. Yeah, he, he's gotten he's caught some some crap for that. I, I was more confused why they're snapping the ball multiple times with 15 seconds left on the on the play clock in, in that situation. Well, because I, I my guess is he's thinking. You know, the drive started with what 4:42 left, and he's probably thinking like. If, if if we don't get it here, there's a chance that you know we can um, we can save some timeouts and have a chance to to maybe stop them and get the ball back again. I, I think it's like probably it was what he's later thinking. in the drive on the plus side of the field for yeah. them where they were doing that. But whatever. Let, let, let me get to as many of these as we can because the text line's been insane today. Which, by the way, we had another record-setting week here at the ref last week, so no big deal. Thank you, thank you, Ref Army, for that. Um, just going to read a bunch here, okay? Two-star Taylor says it has to be Walter Rouse. 918 says Caden Green, 100%. Boomer Bowtie, shout-out to Canick for leading the team in tackles. Gunny says Ethan frickin' Downs. EJ says what can we say about the play from McCullough. 405 O-line stepping up to the challenge. Here's another McCullough on the play that he made on sweats. Um, 405 under the radar. Venables taking the timeouts. Both end a first half and game to manage the clock and get an extra possession on each. So didn't get to half of them, but thank you to everyone that put in your submissions. A lot of yep. those there. Good stuff. Very good stuff. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll hit some things that caught my eye next. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno is family-owned and operated, and they take pride in providing a no-pressure, friendly sales process with excellent service. Now you can't beat that. Be sure to check out the lineups for Buick and GMC and get top dollar for your trade. So take a little drive to big savings. Dorsey Jones Buick GMC, I-40 and Highway 81, exit 125 in El Reno, or dorsey-jonesbuickgmc.com. And it can be overwhelming. Sometimes we just need to unplug and take a break from our electronic devices. It can help reduce stress and allow us to reflect on the things that are really important in our lives. This message brought to you courtesy of the United States Air Force. Hey guys, this is Boz here in the Cotton Bowl. Guess what? Burn orange still makes me want to puke. Let's do it, Burn It is What Caught Teddy's Eye, brought to you by Yalagosny Law. When you call law firm, do you want to actually talk to a lawyer? At Yalagosny Law, communication is a priority. That's Yalagosny Law, 405-800-8080, 405-800-8080. Let's get to it. Story number one is? University of Southern Cal. <laughs> yeah, let's start there, please. Caught my eye um, in an absolute dogfight with Arizona down the stretch now should arizona have gone for two in overtime yes i mean hindsight yes they they should have 
Well, hindsight, but you didn't think so at the time? Well, yes, that too, but absolutely, you, you go for the win in that spot, which everyone's saying, Arizona, Arizona's not any good. I do think some are missing the point that Arizona's playing with their backup quarterback, and they still uh, really controlled that game early on and had a chance to win it. Yeah. Uh, the University of Southern Cal, it, the pressure's heating up on the whole defensive thing Lincoln's getting questions non-stop about it feels like his last year at OU doesn't it like they're undefeated and yeah. everyone still thinks that they're not any good and the way that they're winning is unacceptable I've, I've seen this before well yes we've seen it before it looks like you can have some PTSD watching them play but the most interesting thing to me is that I, USC is probably not even a top 25 team without Caleb Williams. No. The amount of, like, flat-out individual effort plays that he makes is insane. It's wild. Um, Dallas Cowboys. (laughs) What happened? What do you mean, what happened? What what did we just say about Lincoln-Riley football teams? It's the same thing all over again. We've seen this before. Yeah, Dude, I'm a fan of the team. Did did you expect anything different than to go out to San Francisco and get exposed? Well, yeah, I expected something different with how good their offenses looked this year. I didn't expect... Against two, but but against two. I mean, that's that's the point is I I didn't expect anything different. The the Niners might be the best team in all the NFL and, and certainly in the NFC. I didn't expect... Dak to go out there and look like an elite quarterback. No, he does that against the terrible Patriots and the bad New York Giants. He's he's good when it's convenient, but he ain't going to step up against a really good team on the road. There's that's, that doesn't happen, man. I've seen it too much. Yeah, well, I I didn't know Prescott was going to throw three picks and all most of them really bad. Um, okay, I wanted to ask you about this because I didn't get to see and. What was the reaction or overall feeling of how, like, the game day experience was for like, the ESPN game day, that is, the show at the Cotton Bowl? Was Dude, it good? Was it, it different? Yeah, better? It, it, it was wild, man. Um, so I was trying to get from one end of the Cotton Bowl or one end of the fairgrounds, I guess, to the other. And it, it was pretty difficult get, getting to that side of the fair. But around game day, it was, it was wild. And it sounds like the highlights – was the OU kid missing the field goal, barely, and yeah. the Texas student section just oh, just giving it to that kid after yeah. he missed it. But, yeah, yeah it, Baker was awesome on there, of course. It, 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 was, it, was, it was cool, really cool. Yep. All right, that's all I got. Uh, OU-UCF will kick off at 11 a.m. on October 21st, oh. ABC. Surprise, surprise, right? Well, a problem is the ratings with those games, and since we're top five now, probably going to be 11 a.m. on the way out. Uh, yeah, wouldn't surprise me. Looks like Stutzman and Canick got new tattoos. <laughs> Horns down on the thighs. Thoughts? He he texted me that yesterday. Um, that he got. I was I was laughing about it, and I saw he put it out there on social media later. It's funny, man. I. 
I don't know what to think of it. I mean, I think it's funny. I think it's, like, so on brand for those two guys. I just, I love the relationship that they have. Pete and repeat. Yeah, it just, I don't know. Just really good stuff, man. Yeah, awesome. I don't hate that your two backers uh, have that type of relationship between them. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I agree. It's not, it's not a bad thing. Uh, okay, Jerry Palm of CBS has his new predictions for the four-team playoff. In the Rose Bowl, he has number two Michigan against number three Florida State. Mm-hmm. In the Sugar Bowl, he's got number one Georgia against number four Texas. Oklahoma playing in the Cotton Bowl against USC. So, some who have yeah, bowl project, uh, projections out there, I guess, are still saying, uh, Texas is going to win out and still make it to the college football playoff. Which, okay. And, and to go off that, ESPN FPI has been high on OU all year long. Yep. OU now has a 62.9% chance to win the Big 12 a 70.9% chance to make the playoff, a 41% chance to make the national championship game, and the highest odds at 23% to win the national championship. Wow. What, 23 you said? 23% chance to win the national championship. Georgia at 10.5, Michigan at 6.7, Ohio State at 6.8 by a wide margin. ESPN says OU's got the best chance to win a title. Okay. Uh, all right. I got nothing wrong with that. We'll see. I don't know exactly how I feel about that just yet, but I ain't gonna complain. Let's see what we could do. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to continue to get better and better. Uh, uh, last, and I know know that everyone understands that. Last one I have looks like the Big Twelve is seriously considering adding Gonzaga in 2024 or 2025. So, good basketball league might get better with the with the Zags. Jeez. At some point, everyone's got to be like, okay, we can stop now. But I don't know. I mean, basketball, you can lose so many games and still get in. Maybe it's better to keep upping the strength of schedule for everyone in the conference, yeah, right? May- I don't know. Maybe the Zags will be the number one overall seed and lose in the Sweet 16. Isn't that normally how they roll? <laughs> That's right. uh, well, okay, one more. Uh, there was a tweet out yesterday. Who has the best win in college football? you got four options here, okay? okay? Are you picking A, OU over Texas? Are you picking B, Ohio State at Notre Dame? Are you picking C, Florida State over LSU? Or D, Texas at Bama? Pro- either, either Texas at Bama or Oklahoma over Texas. Okay. What do you think? Well, I think it's OU over Texas. Somehow OU beat a team that they're still not better than after beating them head-to-head. So that's got to be the best win in the country, right? Yeah, the Ohio State and Notre Dame, had had they not lost, um, like that would – because that kind of takes some of the bite away from that one, right? Yeah, losing losing to Louisville like that, it definitely does. Yeah. And what was the other one? There was – Florida State uh, over LSU. Yeah. LSU – Good offense. Terrible defense. Terrible Oof. defense. I mean, still a great win by Florida State, but no, I think it's I think it's either Texas over Alabama or Oklahoma over Texas. All right, quick timeout. We'll come back, wrap up hour number two next. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. 
GMC continues its commitment to professional-grade engineering in the GMC Truck Series, like offering the world's first available six-function multi-pro tailgate on Sierra. This tailgate takes innovation to the next level with six distinct functions. And I am a veteran. Today, I visit classrooms and share my story. I tell kids that with a little help and a lot of work, that you can overcome any challenge. DAV helps veterans like Adam get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year. My victory is being there for the next generation. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, Victory Monday. Georgia Sooner says this year, the game after OU Texas. OU gets UCF at home. Texas is at Houston. Then he says in 2024, OU is at Auburn. Texas at Arkansas. We don't have those dates set yet. I think more just proving the point of what the game's after. Um, OU Texas next year will look like compared to this year. And it does kind of bring to the point that though it looks like OU has a really nice chance to make the playoff with the team that they have and what the rest of the schedule looks like to be a little bit greedy, I guess, you got to take advantage of the situation you have. Um, you got a golden opportunity to make the playoff. Go, go make the playoff this year after a 6-7 and seven season. Yeah. You get a real chance. Yep. I think so. I think they got. They do have a real chance. Um, I mean, I, th- I think this conference is. I don't know. I, I think we're the best team in the conference. Okay, I do. Um, I don't think we're the best team in the conference by a huge margin. I think, I think we're better than Texas, and I think we're better than K State, but we are not immune to having a hiccup game like we've we've made a lot of mistakes the last couple of weeks and they haven't cost us we've been good enough to be able to overcome them but at some point you know you're going to make some big mistakes like that like the um the block punt for a touchdown or you know, like we blocked one and had an opportunity to score a touchdown and we didn't capitalize. Like those things at some point are going to cost you if you don't clean them up. So I don't think we're immune to just, you know, having a bad day and getting beat by someone. But I feel like we're the best team in the conference. So take advantage of it. Go win the thing. Go win the, the Big 12 the last year you're in it and – if you do that, I think you'll be in the college football playoff, and who knows what happens, right? You never know what could happen in one of those games. Um, though it's not necessarily fun to talk about because it brings up some bad moments from Saturday, it does make the win, I think, even more impressive. Was that the worst special teams day that you can remember from from an OU team? One very good. Missed a field goal, had a punt block for a touchdown. Another terrible punt after that. Um, gave up a a pretty long return. Was it Worthy that was returning that pulled that brought one out that they hit us on a nice return? I'll tell you another bad special teams play, uh, maybe more unfortunate than anything. Texas had just scored a touchdown, I think, 
Mm-hmm. And they had an unsportsmanlike penalty. So I'm all excited, like, yeah. this is about to be a big deal right here. You're about to get it at midfield. And they did. They returned it to midfield on a little trick play there. But you, lost, you end up losing 30 yards after the penalty. So throw that in there, too. Yeah, what the hell was that? That was not good. And it's a weird play, okay? Like it's the way it kind of unfolded, it's it's hard to really hammer the player for that. You just kind of got to be aware of it. Your momentum's taking you forward and the ball's going forward. But it's a weird call. You know what I'm saying? Cuz you it's it's behind you but it's moving forward. It's kind of dumb, honestly. Mongo says 06 Oregon was the worst special teams game for us. Not all of that your fault, obviously, but <laughs> if it's the worst special teams day in 17 years, yeah, that's got to get better, but still you, you found a way to win the game. It's crazy. Yep. yep. Man, how nervous was the uh, – with the, the, the crazy day that it had been, how nervous was it whenever Ewers was throwing the ball in the end zone? Oh, the end of the game. Yeah, Hail incredibly. Mary. Yeah, incredibly nervous, man, because I had remembered five minutes ago before thinking, oh, my God, Texas just nailed that field goal and won the game. You know, it's yeah. just the, the swing of emotions there. You, you you never doubt it, but made the play. Ball That's game. Because right. P.J. got some pressure off the edge there. That helped. That's right. All right, quick timeout. That's it for hour number two. We've got the final hour here from Newcastle next. Stay with us.